What's going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to another 20th and Blake podcast, part of MileHighSports.com. I'm your host, Luke Zolman, and be sure to catch up on all of our Rockies written content on our website. We got some good stuff by Neil Piro about Josh Fuentes. Um, Brandon Ewing wrote about the latest loss, and Anilo also wrote about Trevor Story getting to talk to A Rod when they were when ESPN was in town for Sunday Night Baseball. Um, very good story. Trevor was able to pick up some uh, pick up some helpful tips from a guy who at one time was you know probably the best in the game. Um, so both Brandon Ewing and Anilo Piro, and obviously myself, all have some content on the website. We've really been grinding out content this year. We really wanted to give a more immersive experience this year for Rockies coverage on my high sports, and I think we're doing a really good job. So be sure to go check that out. Um, be sure to listen to this podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe wherever you may subscribe, um, and just you know keep us in the loop because I think I think you become a smarter baseball fan when you're when you're exposed to the Mile High Sports Rockies content, and it's also free. So, you know, nothing wrong with free. Um, but on the on the negative end of things, the Rockies losing streak is now at four. They've also lost eight of their last ten. Um, they were swept by the Dodgers, nearly swept by the Rays, but they were able to salvage a game um, by that Chris Ionate late home run. They also lost two to the Marlins. So a lot of losing going on um, from the team from Blake Street right now. Um but there are some positives against the Dodgers. They came into a, they came up against, should I say, a buzzsaw. I mean, the Dodgers have been probably the best team in the majors this year. Um, there's not many teams that have hit better than them. There's only there's no teams that have hit better. They've also pitched pretty well. Um, the Rockies were able to, you know, do some damage towards the end of that series. Um, and of course, in that final game of the series, the sweep. Uh, they did get six runs. Um, how much stock you put into that, I mean, is really up to you. Um, I, Julio Arias, you know, really started to struggle towards the end of his start, and the Rockies were actually able to take advantage. Um, and it was without Dahl. Dahl got removed in, you know, the top of the third inning. They were able to do some damage after he had already left. Um, but that, that is a huge blow to an already depleted Rockies team gets announced today. Um, David Dahl heading to the 10 day DL on that 10 day DL. He will join, uh, both Daniel Murphy and Ryan McMahon. So they are running very short on left-handed bats. Um, that was kind of why they brought Daniel Murphy in. Um, they felt that he could kind of solve some of their left-handed problems towards the top of their lineup, be a good on base guy, good veteran. So he gets hurt second game. McMahon gets hurt against the Dodgers with that elbow injury. And now David Dahl with a lower left core injury. Um, real, real vague. Um, he did come out and say that he thinks he could have played within the next five days. Um, but he didn't want to leave the club without um he didn't want to leave the club without a hitter. He didn't want to leave them one player behind. Um so he heads to the 10-day DL. Um, so, and the outfielder that they called up from Albuquerque was a right-hander. So now on a, on any given day, the maximum they can have with their current, I always say DL injured list, uh, situation is three lefties maximum in Rymel Tapia, in Charlie Blackman and in Tony Walters. So that is not a very diverse lineup. 
Um, they also announced today that Jeff Hoffman will be the starter that gets called up to start on Wednesday, um, tomorrow, obviously recording this podcast on Tuesday. Um, he'll start that final game of the Braves series. Um, I, I had a hunch that Jeff Hoffman may get that start, but they also had Peter Lambert that was scheduled to be on, you know, the same exact schedule. He was also slated to maybe get that start. And then Antonio Senzatella is also just about worked his way back from injury. Um, so Jeff Hoffman was a little bit of a surprise selection. Um, overall, I think it'll do them well to see what he can do. I think that, you know, the more reps that they can get for Jeff Hoffman, the better. Um, at, at a certain point, as a franchise, you have to see what he has. I mean, he was he was the primary player that came over in that Troy Tulowitzki deal. So at some point, have to see what he's got. Have to see if he has it or he hasn't. And if he doesn't have it, um, gotta look elsewhere. Maybe you look trade. Um, maybe you look to just keep him, you know, as a backup, you know, sixth, seventh starter whenever you have injuries come up. Um, but he was supposed to be an ace type, an ace type pitcher. And if they could have Freeland Mar- Marquez, what Hoffman was supposed to be and what John Gray was supposed to be, um, they would have the best rotation in starting baseball. Um, but, you know, ifs ifs are just that they don't really ifs don't win games and so far jeff hoffman hasn't won many games either um in that final game another another kind of alarming trend came up um so far this year ian desmond has struggled in center field um defensively his you know his you know uh performance at the plate is what it is um he was he's sitting around a hundred for the entire season and he's been hovering around that the entire season. Um, so that is what it is, but the upgrade defensively in center field also hasn't quite panned out at the beginning. He makes that games, you know, game saving catch against the Marlins. It looked like, okay, maybe there, maybe there's something here, but then he allows a triple over his head the other day. And he, he just, his routes to the ball, um, especially at Coors Field where he should probably be a little better, you would think, are just terrible. And then to compound that, Charlie Blackman makes two errors against the Dodgers in the final game, um, leads to two runs for the Dodgers, and they were bad errors. He boots a ball that got through the infield, and then he just drops a pop fly. Um, they did just install brand new LED lights. So there was maybe some talk that that was the problem, um, but it didn't seem like the other players were having those same error type problems. So I think that that might just be more of an excuse than anything. Um, he did make up for it at the plate some. Um, he goes, you know, he goes two for two. He has that triple and a double. So he did tr- attempt to make it up at the plate, but at that point, the momentum was just so far against them, and it was such a snowball effect. But there's not much they can do. Arenado has a good game in that last game against the Dodgers, too. Um, but overall, I mean, Story didn't have any good at bats. It's they they just weren't they didn't have an ideal day at the plate. Um, and Chad Bettis gets roughed up. He allows five earned in you know just two and two thirds. Really wasn't their day. And it it's a shame that that for the franchise was their first game at Coors Field since 2001 that got broadcasted on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball because 
it was a terrible showing for them. And it, for those that were already skeptical about why they're getting the national attention, maybe why people are so high on them, it gave more fuel to that fire of who really are the Rockies? I mean, what really do they possess that is special? I think many around the team realize that the team has the potential to be special again. I mean, they've been to the playoffs two straight years and they bring back pretty much the same roster. Um, but thus far this year, they really haven't showed it. And their lack of offseason moves is being compounded by those injuries. You can live with not upgrading much and starting with a, you know, off to a slow start at the plate. But when you start to compound the injuries to Dahl, to McMahon, to Murphy, and you're losing all of your left-handed bats, it leaves Bud Black with very, very little room for error. I mean, the pitchers also haven't been great outside of Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez. And to see how bad the other pitches have been, I mean, Gray was terrible the other night. Chad Bettis was terrible Sunday night. And Tyler Anderson was terrible. It turns out he was hurt, but whether Bud Black did talk about, he felt it in the game a little bit and it got worse. So even if you chalk that one up to injuries, he was still terrible in his first start. Um, So it's hard... It's really hard to, you know, see maybe the light at the end of the tunnel for them. Um, and then last night, they finally have an ace on the mound. They have Kyle Freeland on the mound against Julio Tehran, and he was terrible as well. I mean, they just haven't been able to string together those those consistent wins, those consistent at-bats. They haven't been able to string it all together. Kyle Freeland goes five innings, allows seven runs, seven hits, and he walks four. One of them wasn't intentional, and he had three strikeouts. Um, and that was his career high. He had he had never allowed that many runs before, even in his you know earliest seasons. And he also allowed that home run to Ronald Acuna. Um, they just it it was one of those things where Freeland was supposed to be the stopper. He was supposed to finally take the mound get them out of their rut, and for, for the team not to be able to get a win with him on the mound, Julio Tehran has been very good against the Rockies, but he is by no means the type of pitcher that Freeland has shown to be. So for them to lose that game was um, it's pretty terrible. They're now at their second most losses within the first 11 games of the season. Um, and that's, you know, for the team that they have, that's very surprising. Josh Donaldson has a good game. Acuna has a good game. Marcakis has a good game. Even Dansby Swanson, who's been, you know, relatively relatively mediocre the past couple years, he has a good game. I mean, there just was not many positives to take out of it from the pitching side of things. I mean, almost every Atlanta player had a pretty good game outside of, you know, Ozzy Albies and outside of their catcher because they just put McCann on the, you know, injured list, so they're kind of you know, foraging for a catcher. So for them to not have success from their catching spot makes sense. Albies, you know, he's been hot to start the year. But other than that, everyone on their team had a pretty good game. And then you look at, you know, how the Rockies did. Blackman, no hits. Ionetta, no hits. Hampson, no hits. Um, and then a whole lot of ones in all the other hitting hitting spots. Probably the most impressive thing of the night was that pinch hit home run by Mark Reynolds. He hits a three-run home run, pinch hit, really starts to bring them back into the game. And if he can possess that type of power and if he can 
keep that power surge going, that will be very good for the Rockies because their power so far has not been good. They have been completely unable to to kind of they've been completely unable to produce any type of power numbers. Um, they're at eight home runs this year through eleven games. Not great. That is not what you know is normally expected of a Rockies team, especially a Rockies team that has guys like Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman, guys that have shown extreme power in the past. I mean, Nolan Arenado has yet to hit a home run. Whether that's due to his contract, whether it's due to maybe him just being a little off, him not having a home run really hurts that offense because they rely on him for 30 to 40 home runs a year, 100-plus RBIs. They've relied on him for that, and he's produced it, you know, the last four years in a row. So he's off to a very slow start. I don't think there's any reason to think that it will continue i mean he's perfectly healthy i think he may be pressing a little with that contract that he was just given um it's really tough to be given that mass amount of money and have the franchise say okay you're our face and not struggle a little bit early on i mean you see it a lot of times stanton goes to the yankees last year gets traded to a new club he's pressing does terrible the first couple months of the season um goldschmidt had a big game you know, that three home run game with the Cardinals. But other than that, he hasn't been great either. It's it's normal for players to press. I talked about it in my preseason podcast talking about the lineup. I thought that he might have this type of start. Um, but he is hitting the ball hard. He's not striking out a ton. I mean, only three strikeouts on the year. So he his, his eye at the plate hasn't been terrible. He's been putting the bat on the ball. It just hasn't worked out for him yet. Um, but losing David Dahl is huge. He was 12 for 22 before they lost him. He was, he was their best hitter this year. And now he's going to be out for at least the next 10 days. Um, from what he's saying, he seems very optimistic, but players are usually almost always optimistic. I mean, you have Mike Clevenger go out yesterday after a couple innings, he's in the dugout after the game says, Oh, I think it's I th- I'll be able to make my s- next start. I'm fine. Gets announced today. He's out six to eight weeks. He won't even pick up a ball. So players are almost always optimistic about injuries relative to the actual, you know, the actual diagnosis. Um, so Dahl could be back. He could not be back. Um, obviously Daniel Murphy is going to be out at least until you know the latter part of the latter part of this month, early next month. He's going to be out a while. Um, Ryan McMahon, who knows if he comes back after his 10-day DL stint. Um, so their team has changed a lot. They call up, you know, Josh Fuentes, Nolan Arenado's cousin, and he's actually been really good. He gets a hit in his first at bat, um, and then he gets he gets another hit last night that start that was the first hit off of Tehran um, to end his no hitter. So he's looked like a pretty good baseball player. He he looks like he can help them. I think in an ideal world, they would prefer not to have him up right now because um, it kind of, you know, stems from the injuries. He probably wouldn't be playing right now if they didn't have those injuries. But I also think it is nice for them to, I think it is nice for them to be able to rely on him. Um, they just called up Jonathan Daza. I may be butchering that name, but I believe that's how it's said. Um, an outfielder from AAA. Um, he's a right-hander as well, so... As I was saying, just, you know, the righties are really starting to stack up for them. Um, 
So tonight they're looking, and he's actually going to lead off tonight. He is set to lead off Rymel Tapia in the two-hole, Arenado at three, Story four, Desmond five, Fuentes six, Hansen seven, Walters customarily catches Marquez, so he's back in the lineup, and then Herman Marquez. Tonight is the night where Herman needs to show what he has shown. I mean, he needs to be the stopper that Kyle Freeland was not. Um, he has shown many times in the past that he's able to do it. He has no problem with being able to shut a lineup down. And I think he should have quite a bit of success. I mean, Acuna is a right-hander. Um, you face Donaldson, who's also a right-hander. So he can really, he should be pretty productive against some of the Braves' better bats. Um, but it's, you know, it's, they've really dealt with injuries. I thought early in the season, I think it was pretty common among, you know, kind of the people that have seen a couple baseball seasons in their, you know, in their time, it was common to, you know, it, the, there was no panic. There wasn't any reason to panic over a slow start at the plate. Top two pitchers were doing well. The other pitchers, you know, had some off starts, but they looked correctable. Um, and now that those injuries have come into play, I think the panic meter has definitely gone up. I know personally, me, myself, it looks, it, it looks bleak for them right now, I'd say. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't look like one of those things that they can just escape, at least not, help, not if they're still ailing. If they're healthy, I think it's easy to break out of slumps from the early season. I mean, even the Rockies have had those slumps. It's been customary for them. But the injuries are a whole different ball game. I think they're a lot more difficult to overcome. And especially when all three of the major hitters that are out are all left-handed hitters. That makes it, that, you know, just makes it monumentally more difficult. Um, and as I was going through the lineup, tonight that lineup has seven right-handed hitters and two lefties. And that's... That's about what they're going to be looking at on average because Tony Walters alternates with Chris Ionetta, so he's not going to be in there every night. Blackman is out tonight. Um, he'll be Daza will be subbing in for him in right field. Um, Dahl is subbed by Tapia, so there's going to be a little more speed um, in the Rockies lineup. Hampson starting at second as well, um, but it's going to be a struggle for them, especially when they have to face right-handed relievers. Um, it's it's going to be extremely difficult for them to overcome something like that when their lineup is made up of seven righties and they're not broken up extremely because there's you can't really break them up. I mean, there's nothing you can do really to be able to break break them up. And they're going against Max Freed. He's been very good for the Braves. Sub-3 ERA in all of his stints. He's been up and down, up and down. Um, with Fulton Evich out, with some of the injuries that they've had in that rotation. Um, this may be Freed's last start. Fulty looks like he's, you know, on his way back. So they're going to have to face a pretty pretty good pitcher relatively um, in his time in the Braves uniform. Um, young, young pitchers, though, do tend to struggle at Coors Field. I think if they were to get a win in this series, the most likely circumstances they get a win is tonight. I think that relying on Jeff Hoffman tomorrow, he should do pretty well. I don't see a reason why he gets, you know, roughed up any worse than Tyler Anderson. Um, they'll have Blackman back in the lineup tomorrow. Um, so I think tonight is a great night for them to kind of reverse where they've been at so far this year. 
We will have a recap from Anilo Piro. He will be at the game. I myself will have a feature story up tomorrow morning, kind of talking about the injuries, talking about what their lineup was supposed to be at this point and what it is. And today's lineup, you know, without so many key contributors, really plays to that point quite a bit. Um, and then we will have another podcast Thursday morning, another edition of 20th and Blake coming at you guys. So stay tuned. Be sure to log on to milehighsports.com, sort through all our Rockies content, kind of get your fill. Um, we have a lot of, you know, inside stories. We have a lot of takeaway type game recaps. Um, and then we have all the latest injury news, what it means, um, what it could mean long term, what it means right now. Um, so be sure to be sure to check in on that. And we'll talk to you next time, folks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.